0: Kept throwing money at it, like hoping that it was something would stick and that it would work. And I was following all of these programs and frameworks and things that people are are teaching. And I figured out eventually why I was struggling with that, and it was because every person's an individual, every business looks different, everybody's background knowledge is different, and. That was when the light bulb clicked that this is why I was a teacher first. This is why God led me to teaching before he led me to entrepreneurship, because I now can understand that women come to me. There's no like, here's my program, follow it step-by-step.
1: Hello, welcome to Monetizing Mompreneurs podcast, where I take you behind the scenes with industry leaders, entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs. Moms, working professionals, and amazing people pursuing their passions and going for their dreams. And I'm your host, Linda Mendible. Marissa is a farm wife, mom, and business owner. She has three young girls with her husband, Trent. When she's not coaching women to build their dream lives, she's living hers. Marissa has always been a multi-passionate person who thrives on having lots of things going on at once. Luckily, Trent is there to help her manage it all. Anything that allows Marissa to dream big and use her creativity is pretty much her jam. She loves being a mom and wife, but her passion for business is right up there in her list of priorities. Her superpower is that she believes in the woman she encounters even more than they believe in themselves. She uses her previous teaching skills to meet women exactly where they are and create the biggest transformation they can. Marissa, welcome to the show.
0: Oh, thank you so much for having me.
1: I am so excited that you are here. So tell me a little bit about your coaching business, what you do and how you transform women's lives.
0: Yes, absolutely. So I am a life and business coach for women with small businesses. And um, it kind of goes back to I was a teacher, actually. I I always think of it as like my former wife, but it really wasn't that long ago. (laughs) And I taught kindergarten for 10 years almost before I left the classroom. And I just always knew that that wasn't my forever thing, that eventually I was going to move on and I was going to do something else but I just had no idea what it was. And so one day a teacher friend of mine came to me and she was like, did you know that teachers are like building online businesses? They're creating courses, they're blogging, they're selling teaching resources and they're leaving the classroom because they're making enough money that they are like becoming millionaires. And I was like, no, that's not a thing, is it? Sure enough, it was. So that next weekend I like did a quick Google search, Bought a domain, made a website, like made some teaching resources, threw them online. Was like, all right, fingers crossed, here we go. Let's see what happens. <laughs> and as that progressed, I decided, you know, five year plan, right? Everybody's got that five year plan. I was going to leave the classroom, I was going to do it full time. This was going to be my thing. And all of a sudden, the pandemic hits and I had been coaching women on burnout in the teaching profession and how to build routines and habits and all of those things and I ended up not going back to the classroom so my five-year plan turned into a two-year plan not really by choice but by I don't know I was given an ultimatum by my district they did not like that I was speaking out about teacher mental health and they told me you can choose to work for us or you can choose to run your business because apparently, boards have school boards have these policies that are like hidden somewhere that nobody really knows about unless you ask for them. But they can dictate your secondary employment in my district.
1: <laughs> wow, that's that's wild! But you know, a lot of weird things are happening in the school, parents really need to be on top of. So, yes, I can only imagine like. You know, because, you know, you see those reels that are like, wow, that's happening in the schools. What's going on? My biggest concern was literally
0: that I taught kindergarten and it's hard enough to manage a room of 25 kindergartners, let alone wiping down surfaces and making sure they're not sharing manipulatives. I did not want to go back and have all of this extra work put on me to keep everybody safe. I live in Iowa, so we never really shut down. And so the thing was, is I didn't necessarily think we needed to be at home either because that wasn't what was best for kids. But we needed to find a plan to reopen that was good for everyone involved, not just the students or not just the teachers, but how can we build this back up? And I, w- I called the meeting myself and was like, I just want to talk about this. I want to help you be the teacher's perspective in your reopening plans and stuff. And I, as soon as I said that they handed me the board policy and they were like, so sorry. Wow,
1: and I wild. just,
0: I walked away. So I was kind of thrown into entrepreneurship and. I was like, okay, well I have this teacher business. I can do this. Like I can, we'll just have to speed up this five-year timeline. I'm gonna just have to start making more money right now. And I found out really quickly that I was not equipped to help teachers with burnout anymore. When I wasn't living it in the classroom, I didn't know what they were going through in the pandemic. And so I had a moment of like sheer panic about six weeks after I quit my job because I was like, now what do I do? (laughs) And so I started thinking, what am I teaching teachers? Who else needs these skills? And it was moms who had started businesses during the pandemic from their kitchen table. And now we're trying to manage life reopening and adding all of the demands of basketball and gymnastics and dance and the schedules of their families. Plus now they've started this business that they're really passionate about. And so that's kind of how I got to be coaching who I'm coaching and why I'm doing it because it just flowed right there.
1: That's awesome. I want to go into how you started growing your business and everything like that, because um, we are monetizing entrepreneurs. And I truly believe that we can create things online and monetize our expertise online, especially in today's day and age, right? I want to get into, okay, from a teacher's perspective, and you have a a three-year-old daughter. Like I'm about to put my daughter in school. I actually looked into homeschooling and all of that. Are you going to put your daughter in school coming from that teacher perspective? Do you feel comfortable in putting her in school? How do you feel? Oh,
0: that's a great question. So I um, actually have a seven-year-old, a six-year-old and a three-year-old. So my other two are in the public school system, um, Iowa is working on a bill right now, actually, that allows our money, our taxpayer money to travel with our kids. And so our hope is to eventually put them in a private school and then have our money, follow them there, you know, that kind of thing. But as of right now, because I taught with all of these teachers, I'm very comfortable with our kids being in there, but there are still days where I I get that feeling where maybe I should homeschool or maybe this is what I should be doing. And and things like that. But I also think about the experiences and the friendships and stuff that my kids are building. I see the way my middle daughter interacts with her friend group, even just as a kindergartner and how loving and caring they are. And I feel like those are the things that they would miss out on if they were with me at home all the time. And I was trying to run my business and do these things. And so for me, it's I have that experience. I've been in the classroom. I know what the public school system is like. So I feel like I'm better prepared to, to leave my kids there because I know where the cracks are and I know how to handle the situations. And I'm, I'm very good at advocating for our, my kids and stuff. And so obviously, I'm not afraid to stand up for what I believe in. That's how I ended up up unemployed from the district. So I think there's definitely good and bad. And for us and our, our personal situation and just being as close as I am with most of the teachers in the district, I'm comfortable leaving our kids there, but there are still days where that thought crosses my mind. Like Our lifestyle could be a lot different if I homeschool them because, uh, you know, I was just telling my mom this, the the school system is meant to be babysitters. There's a reason our kids go to school from eight until three or 3.30 or four or whatever it is. It's because those are the main parental working hours and so much of their day is spent transitioning from one activity to the next or walking down the hallway to this or bathroom breaks or recesses or all these things. So when you think about homeschooling your kids, you're like, gosh, what would I do with them every day from eight to three? Well, it's not really that much. A kindergartner needs to spend maybe 45 minutes a day intentionally learning the curriculum that you have for homeschool. And so your life would be a lot different doing it from home.
1: (laughs) I don't. Actually, today was the day that I actually felt confident in my decision of having my kids in school because, honestly, I felt torn with everything that's going on and stuff like that, with shutdowns and all that, and how my kids missed certain things because I have a nine-year-old, a six-year-old, and a four-year-old, and my daughter's about to go into preschool and so i have definitely thought am i making the right decision today was honestly the first day that i totally embraced what i was doing i embraced myself and i just saw the good that my kids were having with school and the progress and the teachers where i'm at because i think it really depends on your location I think so too. Yes. And we moved away from the city because I didn't want to be in the city. I saw how, oh my goodness, it was cray cray in the city. So we moved more in the country where Walmart is like 20 minutes away (laughs) and not right. Oh, I can relate. And the teachers here are absolutely amazing. It's just a different vibe and stuff like that. So I, and I, and God really confirmed for me, because my faith is a big deal, really confirmed for me that we are exactly where we're meant to be. Yes.
0: Yep. And I, I pray that every day, please enlighten me and lead me where I need to be with my kids. I didn't grow up being I, I almost think of it as like sheltering them. If I were to keep them home with me all day, I would be the only real authority figure that they see. I would be their only experience. And I know we're supposed to protect our kids and we're supposed to to raise them to the best of, of our abilities and stuff. But for me, I see the social aspect and I see the great things that are coming from them being out in the world and the things that they're learning that I would probably not have ever had had the reason to teach them, but they pick up on things just from the way the world works. And I just think that that's really beautiful. And that's been really fun to watch as my kids have gotten older. So as of right now, we're in the right place. But yes, I pray that every day, like when it's time or if there's ever a time that something needs to change, open my eyes, let me see it and let me take action.
1: (laughs) Amen. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I love it. So yeah um but I love homeschooling I was looking into it I love um the yes. resources that are available we actually live in a really big homeschool community there's a the local church that have um, like a whole huge community on homeschooling I will have support you know because you can actually like you have to be in the classroom but you can also you know have your kids there yes. making connections stuff like that so I don't knock homeschooling at all it's absolutely amazing but I do believe that you you know we're as parents are led to certain you know avenues on how we're gonna um nurture our kids and take care of our kids now let's get into the nitty-gritty because we're mompreneurs. Okay. Man. That's we talk right. About motherhood, <laughs> and we talk about business. So let's get into like nitty gritty of some business. So when you had to really get your finances in place right away, how in the world did you do that? Like, boom, I'm about to like step away from being a full time teacher. Yes, did you have your summers off? I did. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> yes,
0: I did, and. It was one of those things where I, I mean, I had them off, but I was running my business mainly during the summers then. And so that was my business grinding season. And so I don't know that I ever really had a summer off, but you know, <laughs> that's what it is. Um, For me though, I, when I, when the words came out of my mouth to my superintendent and my building principal that I wanted to walk away, you know, if they were making me choose, I was going to choose my business. I walked out with tears in my eyes, not because I was sad I was leaving, but because I had to face my husband (laughs) because that was not even a thought of ours, that that would come from that meeting. Like I was the one who called that meeting, you know? And so I got in the car and I sat in the parking lot and I called my husband and I said, I'm pretty sure I just quit my job. And he was like, what do you... mean?" Pretty sure. And I was like,
1: pretty sure. "Um,
0: (laughs) No, I quit my job. (laughs) And so he's self employed. I was now self employed as well. (laughs) So we had no insurance. (laughs) We had no more 401k. (laughs) Like all of that was gone. And so we had to really sit down and be like, okay, how is this going to work? Because I was not making anywhere near my teaching salary. And I didn't for a long time. I know that a lot of times people will quit their job and then all of a sudden the money will come in. That was not necessarily the case for me, but it taught me perseverance and it taught me patience and it taught me not to stop until I found something that worked. And there was a lot of pivoting that had to go on when I went from teaching teachers to then business owners and then narrowing it down who exactly it was in the business owner world that I was going to work with and what exactly was I going to work on with them like that's not a fast process and you only know that by trial and error and really being honest with yourself and so for me I, I I say I lucked out it I still I don't know when it comes time to retire I may regret it but I cashed out my 401k's because of the pandemic they allowed you to do it without penalty and so I never had to pay the taxes on that 401k when I pulled it out and so that's what we lived on for quite a while
1: <laughs> because you had a we cushion you had a cushion yeah. yes oh yeah. my god
0: yes Exactly. And so I probably would have had to have gone and gotten a full-time job somewhere else if that wasn't, um, a possibility for us. And I felt very blessed that I had that. And I had a 401k in my previous state. Um, I lived in South Dakota and moved to Iowa and that was just sitting there. And so I, they let me cash that one out as well. And so I just, that was enough to cover almost a whole year of salary that I wasn't getting. And, I, it allowed me that time to really process and figure out what I was going to do next. You know, how was this business going to work? What did I want it to look like? I got really honest about what are my values as a person? Clearly integrity is, is one of my values that I hold near and dear. I walked away from a teaching position because it, it caused my integrity to be called out on you know and the same with working with teachers I could have kept working with teachers that would have been the easy thing to do and just pretended and acted like I knew what was going on I had plenty of teacher friends I could have totally just run with it but there was something pulling on my heart telling me that I had to remove myself from that space like I had to have a clean break from it and I needed to walk away even if I didn't have a plan b <laughs>
1: Yeah. And, you know, first of all, I just want to thank you like for your transparency. You know, I'll, we see a lot of people out here in, in the entrepreneur field and, you know, some people can make it look really, really easy, like it's effortless and like, oh, in the first year you're going to make like 100K, like, you know? Yes, exactly. Then- oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And sometimes that's not the case. And one of the things that I try to tell people is, you know, entrepreneurship is truly a journey of self-discovery. Like for me yes. recently, it honestly has been really crazy because I've been, you know, on this entrepreneurship journey for quite some time. But today was the day that I embraced exactly who I was, exactly what I was meant to do, you know, exactly on the way that I'm doing it, such as like, Yes, I, I, cause I was so torn with my kids being in school. I was so torn that it, it just ate at me. Am I doing the right thing and questioning myself and questioning my actions that I'm finally at a place that I'm not questioning me. I'm acknowledging, you know? Yes. And sometimes it takes some time to get there. You know, when things just start falling into place that, okay, this is truly the direction. Like, that's what happened to you. I feel you knew who you were meant to serve. Things were starting to yeah. fall into place you saw it from trial and error because the only way that you can find out what you're meant to do is by trial and error. Oh and that's gosh, what yes. you did, right? You went out there. Yes, exactly.
0: Uh, yes. And what's funny is that, um, so I started just life coaching these women. That was That was what I thought I was going to do. I got a life coach certification. I did all the things. And then all of a sudden they started asking me business questions. Like, so you've built an online business and they were asking me these questions. And I was like, first off, I will never claim to know things that I don't know. And these were all women that had physical products that they were creating in their house and then going out and selling and trying to get them into boutiques and trying to get them in front of people and trying to build traffic to their website. And I was like, I can help with that. I know how to do that, but the rest of it I've never done before. And so in October, I told my husband, I said, so I have this idea. And he knows that anytime those words come out of my mouth, like it's either gonna cost us money or (laughs) it's gonna be something that he thinks is ridiculous. (laughs) I woke up in the middle of the night one night and was like, I have this great idea for an app. And he was like, Okay. And he was if you can figure it out, go for it. And six months later, I had a tech team building an app for me and I had secured a business loan to pay for it. And he was, So we're doing this. Yes, yes, we are. (laughs) That's the kind of person I am. So I came home with another great idea (laughs) and I said, I think I need to build a business, like a second business of like physical products and learn what these women are doing and figure it out for myself so that when they come to me and they ask me these questions, I I can actually help them with it. I think it'll really help me be a better coach. And he was like, okay, so it's going to be a side hustle. Yeah. It's going to be like a side hustle. It was not a side
1: hustle. (laughs)
0: Um, it took off right before Christmas and I sold in like 300 bags of bath salts. So everything I sell is like inspirational intention setting for women, entrepreneurs or just empowering women and stuff. And so they sell bath salts that have different purposes, you know, like calming and focus and motivation and different things like that. And I have shower steamers and just anything that's inspirational and fun and helps women set their intention for the day. I sold enough bath salts in the month of december that it replaced my teaching salary just with bath salts
1: what what like ridiculous i stumbled onto entrepreneurship (laughs) i stumbled you know you hear those i'm hearing it yes (laughs) yeah
0: exactly but the thing was how it worked was i had learned how to market my teaching products online so I mastered this on their website called Teachers Pay Teachers. And so when it came to Etsy, I knew the game. I knew how to play the game because I had already done it with teaching resources. And I'm like, I'm going to try what I knew from that. I'm going to try it with this and see what happens. And here we were. I sold 300 bags of bath salts okay. in December. Okay, let's, like,
1: go into this. let's go into this. So yeah. you so you, know, you know how to play the game. So, yeah. so So take us through it. How do we play this game?
0: Good, good question.
1: So first off, it took years of trial and error.
0: If you thought I was only a coach and only, and just started this business in October and it blew up by December, you would think like overnight success. Fantastic. I can do that too. But the key was I enrolled in a course five years ago or almost six years ago. Now I think in March I bought it that taught me step-by-step how to run a blog, how to drive traffic to my website, how to create a podcast, how to create a course, how to do all of these things online, what SEO is, how to find my search terms. And so what I found was that when you are working with something with an algorithm, type in and see, you know, so I had these bath salts and I was like, okay, I'm going to put them on Etsy. So I typed in bath salts and looked at what everybody else was doing in the bath salt world on Etsy. I studied patterns. I studied what, how did they get on that first page of the search? You know, what does that look like? And then I put $5 of ad spend on Etsy. I gave them $5 every day. And that's what they wanted. I was playing their game. I was playing by their rules. I sent out the 10% off coupon when somebody would abandon their cart. I did the things. So when Etsy prompts you to do something, they give you priority. And pretty soon, because my bags were a little bit bigger than everybody else's bags of bath salts, and they were a little bit cheaper than everybody's bags of bath salts, and they were beautiful, and they were packaged nicely, all of a sudden, they started making sales. And then all of a sudden, Etsy recognized, like, this listing is hot. And they put a little bit bestseller sticker next to it. And then all of a sudden now mine shows up on the first page of bath salts. And I've found there's resources. So like Uber suggests will help you with your traffic to your website. There's those websites just for Etsy. So like I use Everbee for that. I could find out, guess how many people search for bath salts on Etsy every month?
1: How many? I bet tons.
0: 2000 people every month are searching for bath salts. So I am not in a high traffic thing like t-shirts or sweatshirts because I sell these. I haven't sold a single shirt on on Etsy because there's so much competition in it. But in the bath salt world, a lot less competition, but there's still a pretty high search volume. Got that blue ocean. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know, it was like a perfect storm and that I did stumble on. I just lucked out that I was already making bath salts, but that has helped me see other things too. And now, when people click on the basalts, they see the other products from my shop. And then that drives traffic to the other places within my business. And I make sales on other things. Like I sell gift baskets with basalts in it. Super, guess what? Sells a lot gift baskets with the basalts, you know? And so, part of it is getting lucky and and knowing what to sell so please don't go out there everybody and start trying to sell bath salts because we've already got the corn, the market on that no
1: just <laughs> you don't want no competition like no nah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but
0: the thing is is it has to be something that is is easy for you to do that is naturally it, you know fits into your life and into your business and something that you're passionate about and for me I love creating things that empower women that they feel good about that they can relax at the end of the day with or they can drink from a cup that has bible verses and stuff on it that sets their intention for the, the day and is a good reminder that was the whole purpose of of my brand was to figure out how many can i get it into a few stores can i get into a couple big vendor events and see how it goes so that i can then help these women do the same, and it turned out that I make more money in my product business now than I do in my coaching business.
1: Wow, hallelujah! Well, I right? know. That, yes, I know that Etsy has changed a lot. You can actually outsource things and mm-hmm. make it more streamlined. It's almost like a Shopify, but on Etsy. Yes, I've noticed that. Like they, they change so much. They're not. As how they were for the handmaker, they started there, but they definitely diversified and everything like that. Like for me, you you can tell me you're killing it in the t shirt. You can tell me you're killing it in the bath salts. For me, it is not my thing. I am not going to (laughs) be the competition. I may have a little, you know, a little like what swag shop, perhaps, you know, with monetizing entrepreneurs on it, you know, maybe. I've tried it. I had some sales, but I haven't like really, really promoted it just because, I don't know, it's just not something that I personally am into. For me, I love the yeah. digital courses and the digital products and the funnels. That's where I thrive. And that's where I'm pretty lit on fire with that. But I love what you said, because let's go into the basics. Market research. Boom! Yes, that's exactly what you did, right? You went like, yeah. "Okay, I want to position myself. I have this product that I like creating, because you have to take something that you're passionate about, or it's gonna get, it's gonna get boring real quick. Yes, <laughs> you're gonna exactly. want to give up because even if you're killing it, let me tell you like this: even if you're killing it, even if you're like making money, if it does not light your you up. Those moments that you feel like you want to give up, even though money is coming in and things are going really well, there are still going to be moments that you want to give up. I don't know for you, but it has been for me, even though things are going well, because there's these hard seasons, right? And I think that season comes from also like that personal growth aspect. You know, for me, I had to learn not to take certain things personal. When it comes to yes. business, because we can internalize all the things we're putting. What? How come people don't like this? Or like, I remember I tried to launch like a membership. It was in beta, you know, and I launched it and I had people sign up um and I had courses and items in there, but they wanted more of me. It was a very low end product. I wasn't going to be there every week. It's like a high ticket program. Yeah, like a yeah. program, Like you get access to me. It was more low ticket and it, I just had courses on. How to build your online business and all that because I'm as a web designer, I know about SEO. So I know about yes. you know, answer the public is one of the a great um, website to go to um, to do the, your searches like what are people searching for as well. Like it's called answer the public. It's awesome. Check it out. <laughs> but anyway, <I> yes, <laughs> yeah. So anyways, um, in that I learned so much and i did when i started phasing that out i did take certain things internally and i think now looking back hindsight is 2020 like i understand where i want to be positioned i do have recurring clients and that's how i build i do host my client's website as a web designer i host my client's website i do offer maintenance and stuff like that so that's part of my yeah. income stream and building a recurring income stream was one of the things that has really helped me in my business, like how, you know, go through those times where business does get slow, right? Yeah. Money's still coming in because it's recurring, you know, there's recurring things going on. So all that to say is that you have to be in the know-how, you have to do your market research, you have to be confident with yourself, you have to kind of like see what's in the market, what sets you on fire, what you're positioned to do with your own personality uh, uh, attributes, right? Because as I'm hearing your story, I'm just reflecting upon it. It takes some time to know what you would like to do.
0: (laughs) Exactly, yes. Well, and that's the thing is, I when I first went into working with business owners from teachers, I didn't know how to niche it down. I had no idea how to pick exactly what type of business owners I wanted to work with. So I just knew it was women business owners. What does that mean? Who am I actually talking to? (laughs) This
1: is good. This is good. You know, work with product-based business owners, right? Yes.
0: Yeah. So now I work with product-based business owners, mainly ones that are doing it from their home because I just, I have a passion for that. And I was building my business from home, with my kids at home and things they were really young when i first started out and and i pivoted and the thing is is that there was times where i honestly thought oh, what would be way easier if i just became a stay at home mom and i just quit doing everything and Girl. i would actually probably make more money by doing that because i was constantly spending money on things to learn things to make my business better to figure out more about who i was and what i wanted to do and all these things you know ha- there's this really old movie, and it's called The Money Pit, and it's about this old house, and everything goes wrong in it, and they have to keep spending money on it. I felt like my business was our version of the money pit. Like, <laughs> you know, I was just kept throwing money at it, like hoping that it was something would stick and that it would work. And I was following all of these programs and frameworks and things that people are are teaching. And I figured out eventually why I was struggling with that. And it was because every person's an individual. Every business looks different. Everybody's background knowledge is different. And that was when the light bulb clicked that this is why I was a teacher first. This is why God led me to teaching before he led me to entrepreneurship, because I now can understand that women come to me. There's no like, here's my program, follow it step-by-step. It's one thing when you're teaching people basic business things like how to build a website or how to find seo search terms and how to drive traffic you know there are how to some blog. things <laughs> yes exactly that are like step by step like yeah cool those those things are always valuable but when they say i can get you to 100k if you work with me for 6 months i will never make those promises to to my people All I promise to them is that I'm going to show up, I'm going to cheer them on, and I'm going to give them any resource that I can get my hands on, either coming from my brain or if I don't have the answer, I'll find it for them because I have been that teacher. I know that everybody has that different background knowledge. Everybody's in a different position. Everybody's family dynamic and business dynamic is different and that I need to be able to meet them exactly where they're at and help them develop a plan that works for them. And I think that that's where a lot of entrepreneurs stuck because they think I just have to do what she did, or this is what all the other life coaches are doing, or this is what all the other candle makers are doing or whatever it is that their, their product is. And what you have to do is get really honest with yourself and just know what do I want this business to look like? Like you said, you didn't want to be a high touch coach inside your membership and that's okay. I don't do a lot of one-on-one coaching anymore because it ties up my schedule and I can't go on the field trips with my kids or I can't get them to dance on time if I have a, a client meeting and things like that. And those things are important to me. So I'm actually launching a membership this, this year in 2023 that women can come and we do a goal setting hour-long coaching call at the beginning of the month. And then we do a training call towards the end of the month. And then they have access to me inside our community. And I will show up in there when I have the time because I'm okay with being a high-touch coach, but I want it to not necessarily be a scheduled high-touch coach, if that makes any sense. Oh,
1: yeah. yeah. I mean, you got to put things out there and you also have to listen to them. It's it's a whole bunch of things that you got to do, right? Yes. Come to trying to create a successful online business. And one of the things that I've learned, you gotta listen to the market. You gotta listen to the people that you're naturally attracting. You naturally attracted product-based business owners. Yeah. You na- me, I naturally attract coaches.
0: <laughs> That's fantastic.
1: <laughs> I naturally attract coaches, right? For, for web design stuff like that. So you gotta see who do you, by by the reels that you do, by the content that you put out there, by the way that you position yourself naturally, you know, because yes. all, you got to see what are your natural talents? What do you naturally attract from there? You saw, okay, I naturally attract product-based business owners. Love this. This, I can niche this, you know, I can go with, I can dive in here. Right. Yeah. And you know what, let me go ahead by the things that I know, let me go ahead and per- build my own product-based business so I can resonate with them. I call it building the arc. Yeah. Like the know, like, and trust. You build your arc. You build it. One, step one, awareness. Step two, resonate. And step three, the credibility. So now you're on step, you know, step two of building your arc when you're riding these entrepreneur ways. <laughs> so you're on the arc. You're resonating with them by building your own, product-based business. Now you're in the seat. You're in the credibility because took off your best sellers on Etsy. Here's your credibility. Bam. So you built your arc. Now, now you're able to build upon that. And now you have your own personal brand that just, that not just has the shop, but also has the women and the people that you serve. So kudos to you. (laughs)
0: thank you yes yeah and I always feel like it was all by accident but there's we all know that there's no such thing as like accidents like that like it just it just evolved and I I always think of Ross with the couch and pivot 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 I felt like all I did was pivot for two years and then all of a sudden it was like all the dots connected and do I think this is where I'm going to be forever either we all know that that's not that's not the entrepreneur life either it's going to continue to evolve and things are going to continue to change but for right now, in the season that I'm in, I'm building a brand and a life that fits the lifestyle that I need for my family to be successful because that's what's important, right? We're mompreneurs, we have kids, we need it to fit our lifestyle and not the other way around. We can't be trying to shove our families into our business and making them coexist. It needs to be the other way around. And um, like you said in my bio, my husband's a farmer. And so, and we live in Iowa, like, when we say farmer, people are like, oh, so you have a few cows and you have chickens and you have, you know, whatever. And it's like, no, we have thousand cattle. My husband, cow, calf herd, you know, so he has babies. We're about to start calving. We do crops, a large number of crops, you know, like of acres and we have hogs and I'm talking like 5,000 a year hogs, like that we birth and feed out.
1: (laughs) That's incredible. So how do I support I won't say small farmer. How do I support the farmer? <laughs> <laughs>
0: yes, oh my gosh. There's so many ways. But, um, honestly, it's it, where do you get your your meat from and stuff and the products that you buy. And so, like I have a friend who makes candles, and she uses soy candles. All the soybeans that are used come from Iowa. And so she makes handmade candles in Iowa from the soybeans, you know, and stuff. And so, ethanol ethanol is great for us we raise corn like all the things um but yeah, I, it's just, it's a completely different lifestyle than what most people are used to. But my husband, they may load hogs at 6am in the morning, and then he comes home, gets the kids on the bus so he can see them in the morning. And then he goes back to work and he comes home at 6.30pm, has supper. And if it's harvesting or if it's planting season, he's back out in the tractor and he may not come home for lunch or for lunch or supper at all. He just eats it in the, in the combine with him. And so we have moments of just insane busy in our lives. And that was. Part of what led me on this journey in the first place was I knew that what we were doing was not sustainable for the long haul. So what do we need to change and what needs to be different in our lives so we can live a joy-filled life and not just a life of hustle, because that's where we were at. And that was not proving to be good for any of us.
1: (laughs) Amen. Amen. I'm a big believer in diversifying your income streams. And, you know, and I think you're an amazing example of diversifying the way that you're running your business of diversifying your income stream, because you you not only have physical products, but you're also launching a membership. Yeah. And so all of those take a whole bunch of pieces. And it's almost like you're a duck, you know, on top of water and your little feet are going.
0: Yes. Th- 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 <laughs> you know, yes. Oh, my gosh.
1: People can see the outside and everything looks beautiful and the images and the products, but people do not understand sometimes the hard work that it takes to get to those places of enlightenment, of just understanding where you fit within the market, you know, with your products and that always diverse pivot. Like you said, pivot, pivot, pivot. I know I have done so many pivots within my own business Because I am, have finally come to the point that I actually came out of this fog. Have you experienced that in your entrepreneurial Yes.
0: Yeah. Honestly, it was in my teaching career that I, that I felt that. And I always, so what really led me into diving into leaving teaching was I was sitting on the couch. I was pregnant with our third baby. Um, so this would have been a year before I actually left teaching and I sat there Googling and I had been doing the work and I had beat the burnout and I had done all the things once, but it was starting to set back in and I couldn't figure out why or what I needed, you know, like what was going on. And it turned out that it was the hustle. It was the grind. I needed to just take a step back. And I remember Googling rehabs for exhausted moms, because you know how celebrities claim they go to rehab. (laughs) exhaustion I was like is this a real thing where do I find me one of these can I even afford it you know do they accept insurance (laughs) I was googling all the things and then I got to thinking you know as I was honestly considering it I was thinking you know what that would be awesome I could also just pay for a vacation on the beach for a week where I go by myself and probably get just as much out of it but when I came home guess what was going to be the same everything else so i was going to get exactly back in the same spot that i was in and so that next saturday my husband works six and a half days a week and i told my husband i was like you need to stay home with the two girls and i'm going to sit in this chair and i'm going to read a book because i'm a one of those when i start a book i want to just finish it and it had been 10 years since i picked up anything other than a book for teaching and read it and so i just i picked up a book. It was one that I bought one time because I was feeling lazy and it was called how to get shit done. <laughs> Picked it up, started reading it, read it from front to back. And I instantly felt more at peace and I felt more joy in my life. And it wasn't because of anything that the book said, I'm sure the book was great, but I don't remember any of it. All I remember was the feeling afterwards of how wonderful that was to have five hours to myself or just read a book. <laughs> and so I was like, how do I, I, it became like a, a hyper fixation for me, you know, like how do I build more of this into my life? What, what else can I do? What else can I add that adds a little bit of spark and a little bit of joy? And so that was kind of how that whole thing started. And that was when I went from just making teaching resources into coaching teachers on burnout, because my friends and my my colleagues could see this change in me. And even the people online, well, you're different. Like there's something different about you. And what's really interesting is I posted a picture from two weeks before I resigned my teaching position to where I'm at now, like a side-by-side comparison. And one of my followers on Instagram actually said, I can't pinpoint what it is, but you look so much different in the second picture, she's like, you're glowing in it. And I was, I will tell you what it is. I walked away. I followed the plan that God had laid for me. And I finally felt really good with where I was at and who I was and, the and the journey I was on. And that's, that's the only difference that my hair was the same. My Everything was the same. It was just simply, I had more light in my life And I knew that I was following my purpose at that point in time, there was,
1: there was a while where teaching was my purpose, but that wasn't, that wasn't my whole life's purpose. That's amazing. And you know what? I absolutely believe that because we glow, people glow, you know, you know, when they say, you know, we are the light of the world, you know, like a city on a hill, it is true. You can glow in this life. There's something about you, something different. Yes. And I have seen people glow. Oh my gosh they're about to win. There is something that happens when you understand like you're exactly where you're meant to be, you're exa- you're doing exactly what you're meant to do and and if you're you're lit inside, it's going to shine on the outside. People can see it, people can feel it. I'm a big energy believer. Yes. You know? Oh, absolutely. Well, and what
0: what kills me is that we were dead broke. I just cashed out my 401k. I was not bringing in anywhere near my teaching salary. We were paying for private insurance. And people still were like, your life is amazing. You're so happy and you're so filled with joy. And the thing was that even though we were in one of the toughest times that probably would have broke other couples or sent them back to being employed by somebody else, we knew that we could see that light at the end of the tunnel. And if we just kept persevering and if we just kept working hard and There are moments of hustle. Don't get me wrong. There's still, there's a time and there's a season for things like you, we were talking about how you're in the middle of a launch week and that's okay. Guess what though? It can't be a launch week every week or you are going to burn out and you are going to struggle and you're going to lose the joy in what you're doing. But if you know that you have this big, important piece of your business right now, then you need to take time to recover after it. And those are the kinds of things that I'm working on with my coaching clients is that we don't have to have this work-life balance. Our jobs and our businesses are a big part of who we are and our livelihood. And our just, most entrepreneurs are called to be entrepreneurs. You know, it's like ingrained in them and we fight it for so long. (laughs) And then when you finally let it out, it it's its own light. I feel like so. I just I that's what I work around with with my moms in my co- my coaching business. It's just how do you find that light even in the in the dark times that are going to get you through those stormy periods? Because we've all been there in business. Let's go there. Mm-hmm. And if anybody tells you they haven't, they're lying.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, there's always going to be those slow periods <clears throat> and those high periods, and you know a lot of people call them the feast and famine but sometimes it, it can it can it can definitely feel that way but I just find it so amazing you know that we can come out of this fog I have just recently like today today girl I have just recently came out of this fog of like questioning you know I didn't even know I didn't I didn't even know I was questioning so much, but questioning my almost every single one of my decisions, you know, to the point that I could not see. And then I, I feel like I've stepped into this next place of like clarity. I know exactly where I'm at and what I want to do and how I want to do it. And it took so long for me <laughs> to get to this point of clarity. Yes, And there's moments of clarities, right? But like hindsight 2020, I just feel like, man, I just stepped out of a fog. Wow. This is an incredible feeling, you know? Yeah. It's so good. It's so good. It's breakthrough. Have you ever heard of um, runners it's hitting that runner wall? So yes. runners, when they run and they run for long distances, they always hit the There's a point called the runner's wall that for some reason they hit a legit wall. It feels Literally, like a wall that they're hitting, that they're trying to go against, and they're trying to run past, and they're trying to break through the runner's wall. And that's what it feels like in entrepreneurship. It's almost like the the runner, the entrepreneurship missed, or the entrepreneurship. (laughs) You're you're doing the work, you're pivoting. You're doing the research. You're doing all the things. There are aspects that are going great. There are aspects that are going wrong. And you're thinking, how can I make this better? Where do I fit? Where do I fit in this market? Where do I fit in and all of that? But I feel like I just went through my mist, my fog, and like in a place of like absolute clarity. Oh, okay. This is where I wanted. This is where I was trying to get to in this this area. So I just- Yes. No, I- I It's so fast analogy
0: is so good because they do like they say when you're running a a marathon or something like that, and you hit that wall, if you can just push through it, then you can finish the race and fairly easily, you know, it's like something happens inside your brain and in your body that you can just keep going and entrepreneurship is exactly like that. But when it gets hard, you can't just stop either. I I'm a firm believer though. If it's really not working. Reevaluate, you know, (laughs) like, but you can't give up. I just, I just don't think that that's good. I watched my dad build a business from the ground up. He's never left his full time job. He's always done it on the side, and it, it's funny to me because he makes probably triple, if not quadruple, in his business than he does at his real job, but he just likes having a real job. Like I don't, he calls it his real job. I'm like, okay, dad, whatever. So I learned from him that that was not how I wanted to be my whole life. But I watched him build this from making enough to just pay for a family vacation in a year to, you know, quadrupling his salary. And he never stopped. He never had any outside help. He bootstrapped it from the beginning and he's persevered through it all. And I just think of how many times things got really hard for him. If he would have just stopped, that would have never happened. I mean, it took probably 10 years before he made it big and started making decent amount of money off of it, but he persevered for 10 years. And so I always just look at that and think of when things get hard for me. And I've only been doing this for five or six years. I'm like, you know what? A he stuck to the same thing. He he kept the main thing, the main thing. And I've kind of been all over the place. So I always have to put that back into perspective. If he can do that, I can do that. And look at what a difference that made for my family because he never gave up. And so I think that that's that thing. When, when you go through that entrepreneur fog or that mist that we were talking about, there is light at the end of the tunnel and you do have to keep going.
1: Amen. So Marissa, where can people find you? Absolutely. So I hang out on the
0: Instagram. That's kind of my, kind of my jam. So you can come find me at lifecoach underscore Marissa or on my website, marissarader.com.
1: Thank you so much for tuning in. If you have a chance, stop by the website at lindamendable.com, sign up for the blog cure, which is an awesome, awesome course that I created that will help you set up your blog or take your blog to the next level. And join us over at Monetizing Mompreneurs Facebook group. I just want to say again, thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening.